0: To Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I am your host. Every Wednesday and Friday I bring you interviews from a female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. Today's guest is Leilani of Wildly Capable Carpentry. Uh, I first kind of found Leilani on Instagram and just really love all the things that she's doing. And was excited to get the opportunity to learn about her journey, a fairly relatively new journey into woodworking and carpentry. So so excited to have her as a guest today. Before I hop on into it with her, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Lee at Lee Runyon, Annette 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking. Kevin, Lefty's Woodshop, Christy, Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spice, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Toolmom, Bonnie, Toolmomstore.com, Laura, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Brandy, Studio Obey, Lee, the Rainbow Carver, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued ongoing support helping me to produce two episodes a week every week if you would like to get your name added to this list you certainly can just head on over to patreon.com forward slash crafting a revolution and join up with the pod squad over there can't wait to see you over there and get your name added to the top of the list to be read off uh, every podcast episode all right let's head on into the episode with leilani Um. So I like to start by asking my guests to introduce themselves. So would you do that for me? Yeah. Um,
1: My name is Leilani Velasquez. Um, I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, and I've been in the woodworking realm for about two years now, I would say.
0: Okay. So does that put you like starting like right before the pandemic or did you get started with the pandemic? I would
1: say at the very beginning of the pandemic. Okay. Um. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. So I want to start I guess with kind of like a broader question and that is just to ask like what is your story like you know where where did you grow up and kind of take us along to how you got to what you're doing now <laughs> okay so
1: um we go all the way back I was I was born and raised in California um and then I moved out to Arkansas um so that was a, a pretty big change uh <laughs> I just remember when I first got to Arkansas and seeing like the chicken coops, I didn't even know what they were. And then seeing cows in people's yards, I was like, I didn't even know people had cows as pets. Um, But it was a good, it was good. I lived there in Arkansas for about 11 years. And then I moved out to Tennessee for college. Um, And pretty much I majored and graduated in psychology, um, clinical psychology. But just due to the circumstances, I ended up just getting a job in human resources. Um, So I did human resources for, I would say, about a year. Not even, not a complete year. It was about like nine, ten months. And then the pandemic hit. Um, And and due to the pandemic, um, I was let go. Uh, Just... Because I was one of the newest ones to the company, mm-hmm. and honestly, our company in like two weeks went from six thousand employees to three thousand, so um, that was a lot. And then, about I would say two three weeks after that, um, our town Chattanooga had a had a tornado that like wiped out a good chunk of. <laughs> Our place, and I was impacted in that spot because my apartment complex was right on the road near where the major stuff happened. Um, so I didn't really have a place to like live for the moment. I was unemployed, um, questioning whether I wanted to keep in my career, not in my career. So just like all these like big old life choices coming at once and like kind of unexpected um so w- me and my husband which at the time was my boyfriend decided to just go down to Florida and visit his family um for a few days while like maybe I looked for a new place or like try to figure some things out um so we headed out there and I I to say we stayed out there for like a week or two I can't remember but it was good. They live on a farm out in, um, out in Florida and while I was there, just random, they were like, hey, uh, do you mind helping us build a bed? Um, we really want a new one. And like I had no no background in woodworking. I didn't know what a miter saw was. I didn't know anything. I think the only thing I could tell you what was was a drill. Um And I was like, yeah, like I can, I'll do my best. I have nothing else to do. I'll do my best and we'll go from there. And so I found a plan online, um, random plan. I think it was from Anna White. Um, And we just hit it off. And it went from a bed to a table to a mudroom bench. And so within that short time, I built like these three items. And like, I just fell in love with, the art of it It it's just everything the process of turning wood into something um it was just amazing and I didn't expect anything of it but I was really proud of what I did so I just posted the photos on Facebook or Instagram I can't remember the time just to like kind of show off what I was doing and um like out of nowhere I just started receiving messages saying hey like would you build another one I'm interested in buying um, and several messages like that that just caught me completely off guard and I, I was just like what <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't know people would want to buy from me knowing I have no experience Or like but everyone's like just go for it what's what's the worst that could happen you know So I did, I started building like beds, tables. Um, I even started just whatever asked. Um, So like the patio bed swings Um, and like very, very early on, I even even made this very custom snake cage. Um, That one was probably my hardest project to that date. And I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, I want the challenge and they know what I'm capable of, I guess. And we're gonna go with it. And that cage turned out amazing. Um, and so, yeah, I just, it honestly, it just like, it ran from there. It I wasn't prepared for all the, like the business it would receive but I was more than grateful, um, and I just started doing it and fell in love with it and was able to maintain it as my job, um, which was a huge blessing. I think not everyone can say, like, you can turn a hobby into a job or what you love into a job, um, that being said, though, I mean, I'm sure you're aware, like, having a business is, is no joke. It's no walk in the park. Um, and being me, having, like, no background in really in business or in entrepreneurship, um, it came a point where, like, it kind of all hit me, and I realized I wasn't really ready for the business world because I had not prepared that to become a business but it it just ran so I had to then kind of step back and take it slower and kind of relearn what I was doing in a way and be able to do the business side properly um, and just learn about the business I think that's been the hardest part um, just Setting limits for yourself, knowing boundaries, um, financial aspects. Um Yeah, so here (laughs) I am. Um it I think it's pretty funny. Um just if you had told me like later in my future I would be building, I would honestly just never believe it. But there was this story. Cause I always grew up from a young, young age. I was like, I want to be a psychologist. I'm gonna be a psychologist, and that's the only option I have. Um, But it was funny because in high school, um, there's these tests, I can't remember if it's the ACT or the SAT I took. Mm -hmm. So one of them, you take them and then it kind of tells you like what kind of career you'd be good in. And I remember clearly I took it and my number one like category for what I would be good in was it straight up came as a as carpentry and handyman work and I was just so confused because all my friends were getting like uh, nursing like people relations and I was like I feel kind of offended like why <laughs> I was like why carpentry I'm a girl like did nothing catch this and then but then now like looking at where I'm at and then seeing that like it's crazy it's funny and here we are like (laughs) i mean it was right you know like what i do best and it's i had a lot to learn in the field like if you believe in yourself you just do it and it's not Mm -hmm. one gender it's not it's literally if you want to just do it you know Mm -hmm. and i think it's been amazing
0: awesome I feel like that's, like, a true, like, I don't know, like, comeback story from, like, you know, uh, a moment of um, what I can only imagine felt very, like, overwhelming and probably scary and, like, what the hell am I going to do with my life right now? Um, Yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah. To, like, getting into something you've never done before um, I mean like I my mind went straight to kind of like a logistical question of like okay so you got to do those builds in a short period of time with um you know I'm assuming um your in-laws like had the tools there so like how did you if you didn't have any of those tools of your own like even getting started when you come, came back and people asking you to make stuff like what, how'd you even go about <laughs> like getting all that to work out?
1: So that's a really good question. So um, I had no tools, absolutely no tools. Um, I was just like recently out of college, still renting uh, houses, apartments with roommates, housemates. Um, so I had no garage, really, no, no tools. But after the, the storm, um, I did move into a house that had a garage. Um, so that was a huge blessing. I was always in apartments, and this time I went into a house. Um, with the tools, my father-in-law gifted me my, like, my very first tool, which was a miter saw. Um, and I think that's one of the very like fundamental <laughs> tools that you need for woodworking so that was a huge blessing and then from there people started hearing um just kind of what was happening and they literally just started donating me tools um I was donated a router router table a bench press um so with so much help from the community um I was able to just buy the the few that I really needed which was like a table saw so really the only ones I've ever really purchased were table saw um and then later later on I started just purchasing like more hobby tools like a lathe you know for my mm-hmm. own uh, but with the community um uh, being gifted and then um heart tools stepped up and started helping a lot too um I, I don't know, I never really had to worry about tools. And I know that's not everyone's story and I Mm -hmm. know tools, their prices are not a joke. Um, But I was just- Yeah, when
0: when you say like community, are you talking just like a local community or like maker community or?
1: I would say mostly local, mostly like friends, family. But I did have a few, when I first started my Instagram, um, I did have a few people on the, in the like woodworking community that were like, hey, like, do you need anything? And they would literally ship me clamps um, and all that sort of thing, which I don't know, it was so shocking to me. And I think that's where I first learned the woodworking community, like on Instagram, online, it's, it's such a, tight and like strong community i think Mm
0: -hmm. hey makers so today's podcast episode is sponsored in part by alicia van Osdall, who is the owner of basil blue design company alicia is a maker of all things really her focus is on beautiful craftsmanship through woodworking repurposing refinishing art and sculpture her background includes 30 years of graphic design, logos, and branding. If you have an idea or concept that and need a creative solution or graphic design, you can email Alicia directly at alicia, and that is A-L-I-C-I-A at basilblue.com. Or you can visit her website at www.basilblue.com dot com and fun fact uh, Alicia actually designed the logo for crafting revolution so that is an example of the impeccable work you can expect if that is something you are in the market for so be sure to look up Alicia again at her website basilblue.com all right let's get back into the action yeah I think um In that way, like I definitely consider like Instagram a blessing because it's allowed me to like connect with, you know, people who have a passion for doing similar stuff, like not even just all over the country, but all over the world. And it's like, you know, I still can't, I probably couldn't even name five people like in my local area that do do woodworking, Um, but I have, you know, a strong community online. So. Um, I want to pivot then back into like what you said, like learning about the business, like that is hard. I mean, outside of just like continuing to learn skills to build, yeah. <laughs> that's like its own thing. But then like, how do you figure out how to like price your stuff and um, like taxes and all of that in a very short like really a short amount of time what what kind of resources and stuff were you looking to to help get through that so when
1: I first started um, I think my brother has always been like such a huge supporter always always just trying to push me through life Um, and he knew people who worked I should have looked these people up before. Um, but like, I know they're like a, a company that they're in every state and they do give like free courses on learning how to do taxes, learning how to start a business, learning like what kind of loans you could do and when. And like, they're just a huge thing. And I first started there. I I don't have family members with um history of business owning I don't I didn't know anyone close to me that owned a business that I could go talk to and like have as a mentor um so I kind of just felt like I was on my own which was a little bit harder to um so I just kind of clung to these people who gave free courses it was a huge like stepping stone I guess like really good understanding um but also I think my biggest hit was with learning how to price myself correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, At the very beginning, I did struggle a lot with pricing just because I felt I was new. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't value my work for that same reason, even though everyone else did because they would see the, the end product. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was it was, they were great. Like, it it was nothing short of like anything, but I didn't think myself like that because I knew, I was new, I was learning and I was like, oh, I don't want to charge people. I don't have experience. Like these other woodworkers have like 15 years plus. Um, and it just like, an I don't know, I don't know what it takes For someone to learn their own value in their art but I think that is one of the biggest struggles especially like when I didn't have this problem that often but I would have it at the very beginning where it's like people would come to you and be like hey I want this built and then you do your best to give them a price that's fair and Mm -hmm. And then they come back with the whole like, oh, well, it's cheaper on on Wayfair or on right. in a Walmart. <laughs> and or like, oh, why are you so expensive? You know, so like all that stuff at, the, at an early stage, not knowing like your value kind of like hits you in a different way. Mm-hmm. But I just I've learned that I know my work. I'm not going to go lazy in my work. I'm going to give it all I have for you. Um, Mm -hmm. and so with that being said like I learned that my competition isn't Wayfair it isn't a factory it isn't Walmart Um, Mm -hmm. those are not my competition not at all Um, so when people like message me and they're like hey I want this bill I want a good deal on it at that point I don't know I think talking with people at the very beginning you can kind of get a feel for what they're looking for and if it's more of affordability then I do I am serious with them I am honest with them and I'm like hey I don't think I'm the right choice I'm I'm not here for deals I'm not here for like coupons I'm yeah <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a maker I'm a small business owner it's this is my job I'm hands on everything um so I do lead them to other places they could get the things they want from at a at a better price um I don't leave them just hanging also but I do I am honest and upfront of that probably won't be a possibility um yeah
0: I do the. Like- I do the same thing um you know a lot of times it's like I don't know I can kind of tell just in the way someone reaches out like yeah yeah. And, and usually I'll, I mean, I, sometimes I don't even really ask too many questions and I'll just be like, just so you know, like you're probably going to be able to find something cheaper even on Etsy versus yeah. me. Um, and so, you know, I'll be like, you can go check there. I know that they have good deals and stuff. Um, especially like, even if it's like something that you can't buy on like a Wayfair or whatever, like you have to get it handmade. I've learned to understand like the, like the Etsy reference of just like, there's people that like, that's all they make. And so they've like set up and become efficient at making that one thing yeah. over and over and over again. And so they can give more savings than I do because it's not something I make all the time. Yes. And so, oh. yeah. And so it's like, okay, go find this person over here because you'll be able to get it probably for half the price that I can do it just because I'm not set up to do this. Like, I don't have all the jigs and fixtures set up to make this go and be done in like, you know, half a day. It's going to take me a couple of days to do it. Like, you know, that type of thing. So I think my hope is that people find value In that in the sense of like if I'm honest and upfront like that and don't sell myself short that maybe if they reach a point in time where they want something that's like more custom and going to be you know higher end price range that they might remember like oh she was willing to like send me somewhere else Uh, That last time, that maybe I'll reach out to her this time, type thing. Yeah,
1: building trust in a relationship. Yeah, even though it wasn't there, but in the long run, they'll remember that.
0: Yeah. Um, is there something along that line? Like, because I know just from following you, it seems like you kind of do like a whole bunch of different stuff. Is there anything (laughs) that like you're looking to like start specializing in, or um, are you kind of looking to stay like a Jane of all trades type thing yeah so funny question I actually
1: am looking to specialize um, kind of going off the last question um, I I had initially started doing custom furniture so at that point you pretty much are open to anything and everything mm-hmm. um, but I did learn it That's just, I don't think that's the way I want to go or continue to go. Um, It, it is, I feel like a lot more difficult than specializing just because it's never the same plan. It's never the same measurement. It's never the same. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, So it it takes a lot more work. It takes a lot more time. Um, And I just didn't think I was there yet. Um, Mm -hmm. Just with everything that was going on in my life at the moment, I was also like trying to get married. Um, so learning about a business and then also trying to do like very, very custom work and then not being very good with the pricing of it, um, just for self-value, I guess. Um, it just became something that I kind of dreaded. I woke up and I was like, I don't want to go to shop. I, I don't want to do this. And it started getting in a very bad mood about it. And I realized it just that just custom furniture wasn't for me. Um, so recently I've had to, again, pull it back a lot and kind of take a break, um, reset my mind and kind of figure out where I want to take this business. And I guess one thing I didn't mention is the reason I started this business was because when I first started building, it really just shows you like, your self-worth to yourself like you learn to develop this whole new different self-confidence um a, the ability to like trust yourself and like doing something and it, it was a crazy experience for me I learned a lot about myself and just simply building and mm-hmm. I wanted other people to be able to experience that and if anyone was going through something and were just doubting themselves like hey, let's build something together. And like, you're just going to learn a lot about yourself. And in the end, I think there's when you found love for yourself. Um, and, and pride too, like you just mm-hmm. made something out of nothing, you know? Um, and so with that being said, that was my goal. But because this business took off so fast and it kind of got out of my hands, that that goal, that purpose completely left. And like, I never had time to focus on it. Um and when I started dreading it, I started noticing um like also like I was dreading it because I wasn't doing anything of what I initially had planned to do. Like my whole purpose of it was to help people, uh, mental health. And like none of that had been implemented just because of everything got so out of hand. Um, which and it was great. Like I'm I'm not gonna complain. Like having business, I mean that's a blessing, you know, Um, but I did want to step backwards, and just pretty much start over, I guess, Um, even just with, like, my logo itself, when I first started, I had this vision of what I wanted my logo to be, but then I was, like, oh, this is, like, a man-dominated field, I don't want to come in all girly and then people are going to discredit me and then not believe in me so then I went with a logo that was more like I guess manly I don't know how to explain it but then when I reeled back I was like no you know what like I'm gonna do what I want I'm gonna do the vision I've wanted I don't care about like what's expected or or what is most common Mm -hmm. um And I redesigned my logo. I restarted everything. I restarted my goals, um, implement them a little bit harder Um, and kind of still like still focusing on what I want to specialize. I was I think so I said I've been in this for about two years. The first year, it was great. The business took off, but then I stepped back to learn about business. The second year, I think there was just so much going on in my life. I've had to step back a lot um, because of the business. I think my mental health was really like declining. It was like, it was needing help. <laughs> so, and then also in the, in the process of that, I was needing to get married. Um, I had a wedding to do So all that, I think the hardest thing for me was to say, Leilani, stop. Like, you're going to run yourself into the ground. And it's hard. It's hard to see that, like, you could be advancing and you're having to tell yourself Mm -hmm. to stop and start over. And so I think that was a, a pretty big struggle with myself. But I did it. And I'm still in the process. Like, um, I feel very inconsistent on my Instagram right now. I haven't been showing up as I've wanted to, but I think I at some point you have to learn to put yourself first, especially when you're the main person running your business, like you're everything. You're the photographer, you're the financial person, you're the marketing person, you're the maker. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely yourself needs to come first. And so with that being said, I've, I've been thinking, kind of been trying everything, um, to see what I want to specialize in I guess I went the long way around this question but I've been trying I've tried new things like the lathe I love the lathe really need to get into it um, but I, I maybe even just keep that one as a hobby as a relaxer for myself um, I've tried been trying like wedding decor wedding signs I'm loving that one If like that could take off That would be amazing. Um, I still do some pieces of furniture. It's mostly if it's a repetitive order, Mm -hmm. um, I'll stick to it. But like custom, custom, I'm kind of backing away from. Um, And then recently um, I made a pretty big purchase which I haven't received it yet, it's on back order. So it won't get here until like two more months but I did make the purchase of a CNC. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a pretty big step for me. And I think that's very exciting. And with that being done, I'm just seeing the possibilities and probably will be going into some sort of area in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I honestly, if you, to say I have found my niche if that's the word, yeah. um, I haven't quite found it. And I think that's okay for now. Because one thing I was thinking is like, woodworking in itself is such a huge field. I don't think you'll ever get bored of it. Like, mm-hmm. there's custom furnitures, there's scroll saws, there's power carving. So there's so much in that field that like, just try it try everything um and kind of decide for yourself like what do you think is best for your like your artistic side and then what you enjoy the most and what you're gonna be able to do the best in yeah so I would say I'm still kind of figuring it out Mm -hmm. I've I've seen things I've liked I've seen things I haven't um so I think it's a process.
0: <laughs> it is. And and I want to say it's like, I think it's, at least for me, I continue to pivot, right? Like, yeah, January will make five years of having my business. Um, and, you know, not a single one of them has been <laughs> a profitable year. Um, and, and I think that's because it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to learn to give myself the grace of like, I just haven't figured it out yet. Right. Like, I just haven't, like, I know I enjoy making. I know I enjoy like sharing that in a more like inspirational way versus like a tutorial way. Like, I've figured that out about myself. Um, What I haven't figured out is like how I would want to like, sustain monetizing all of that in a way to make real money so that that can be like my only job yeah so I haven't figured that out and I think I mean to your point like yes like power carving is one of my main things and then like you know dying wood is one of my main things those are the two I'm like trying to focus on right now that doesn't stop me though from like my brain is constantly like, Ooh, but I want to go try that. And I want to go try that. I want to <laughs> go try that. Um, and so it's like, I think it's like, it's okay to still go try those things. Like there's nothing saying you can't. Um, and there's nothing saying that if I go do those things and love them, that I have to try to make money off of it. Like I could yeah. just do it. Cause I want to, um, I want to say like, congrats on like, buying the cnc that's like a that's like a potential in my future as well um and just because i see like some serious potential with it of like being able to do more mass produced things maybe being able to do like some more like commercial you know type of things um even that being said though i still look at it and go "Whew." Like, again, how do I monetize it? Like, I see the potential, but it's like, I feel like you do have to try to still dial that in of like what you're going to make with it once you get it.
1: (laughs) Even because it's so many possibilities. It's like, okay, let's focus on one thing. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) exactly. Um, So I've heard you say like a couple of times now when you've been talking about it of like, mentioning it as like art. So to you like do you feel like it's more what you enjoy about it more like carpentry woodworking skill based or do you feel like it's more like an artistic expression for you?
1: Um I'm not sure. I don't I don't consider myself an artist um I'm not able to just like kind of pour my emotions into what I'm doing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do see the skill of woodworking as an art. Um, I don't, like like the same way, not everyone can just draw an amazing mm-hmm. portrait. Not everyone can, can build what like we're doing or like that sort of thing so I do see it as an art especially when pieces start becoming more unique um so I know with like your power carving like those are your power carvings you know Mm -hmm. um they're not a a plan that everyone can go get and just make Mm -hmm. so at that point I think that's art to me that's that's the artist and the object being mm-hmm. formed by, yeah, the the maker pretty much. Um, so with that, I think I'm so not at that point where I can just be like, oh, I want to show my expressions or
0: mm-hmm.
1: my art through my work. I would love to get there at some point, maybe in like lathe turning, um, mm-hmm. but I <laughs> I don't see myself as a, like an expressive artist, I guess, but, um, I do believe woodworking in itself
0: is an art. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. I would say when I started, I always had a vision of being able to do more self-expression through it. Um, it took a really long time. (laughs) I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going on, 20 years of dabbling and nine years of serious and it's been like the last year and a half where it's like I can really like just go at something and even then I can have ideas but I don't it's still a push for me of like I don't know I always think I like you I always think I always thought of art as like, I don't know, drawing and painting and like that kind of thing. And like, you know, how people like they would paint something and then it's like, well, each person's going to interpret that painting differently.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Like I always struggle with like, how do you make woodworking get that same reaction of like being something that each individual is going to take something different away from it um while also for me personally I always feel like it still has to be functional like I'm not just going to make something just to make something <laughs> yeah uh in general um though I am currently you know working on my first like wall art piece but still it's like oh, that's awesome. yeah it's still like you know usually it's like it's going to be a table or a bowl. It's like still going to be something that is, like, useful. Um, Not that art isn't, but it's just, you know, I still want it to be a functional piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I would say, like, be patient with yourself because it takes time to, like, get there. Do you, um, do you work on, like, designing your own pieces like do you make stuff for your like your own space um
1: I would love to I think because so many orders kept coming in I wasn't able to I just did what they were wanting um Mm -hmm. but I have always wanted to be able to sit down and kind of just do my own thing and then maybe sell it off after for and Mm -hmm for it to be appreciated for what I made with it or for it just to be in my own home. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just haven't been able to find the time to do that. Um, In the back of my head, there's always ideas floating around and it's like, I would love that. But when it comes to like the time and and the money to be able to do it, I don't think I quite have that yet. Um, And I guess that's where like, um the DIY community I feel like the woodworking and the DIY community are kind of separate communities but also Mm -hmm. together but I don't know I've, I've seen a difference in the DIY community where they're it that's mostly like what they love and they implement into their own homes and I think that's awesome but I'm at a time in a place where, like, I can't really quite do that, mostly because I'm renting, moving a lot. Um, So I do, I do like appreciate their art from far away, but I can't really dabble in that right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So if it was to be like kind of my own designs, it would have to be some sort of furniture um, and then just sell it off to be appreciated for what it is. Um, But I just, haven't gone around to it
0: (laughs) yeah hey makers today's episode is sponsored in part by toolmomstore.com at toolmomstore.com you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders all sizes they've got mugs they've got shirts all kinds of cool stuff i have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag #WouldWorkHer her on it and i also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick so super excited with the merchandise that i have i know that you will be satisfied as well um, and also great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout, if you enter the code Maker Mom, you will get a 20% discount off any of the merchandise that you buy. So that's just toolmomstore.com. All right, let's head back into the action. No, I, I totally understand that. It was it was basically until this again, pretty much like pandemic timeframe that I decided I'm like, I'm gonna make stuff for my own house. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, and it's still all furniture. Um, I still quite frankly suck when it comes to any kind of interior designing um, <laughs> like yeah our, our home still to me feels very much like we just moved in even though we've been here like eight years um, <laughs>
1: it's a minimalist design
0: it's very minimalist <laughs> design um, and so it's like a very similar thing it's like I want to do I want to do projects for my home but I don't even know where to like start um (laughs) and like how to design it or what aesthetic I like um which is funny because I'm like I can figure that out for furniture but I can't figure it out when it comes to like room spaces I just my
1: friends laugh at me because they're like you build all this stuff for everybody and then (laughs) your stuff just ends up being like just random stuff and I'm like I don't have time and I just I can't and then (laughs) With my own things like I what <laughs> yeah I totally understand where you're coming from
0: <laughs> um so I want to also touch on you know because you 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 brought it up um about like the mental health kind of aspect of it um I mean several you know people that I've had as guests on the podcast A lot of times think of um, woodworking as therapy to help (laughs) with kind of mental health struggles. Um, Do you feel like when you've had, when you've been having those struggles or feeling like overwhelmed, is it more the, the business aspect? Like, does the actual making help with any of that? Or do you feel like it just, you felt kind of just completely overwhelmed? Um, I would say at the beginning, when I first started
1: building, I think it was a huge therapeutic thing for me because it was such a new, such a newfound love for it and newfound excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very therapeutic; it was very helpful. But then again, when I like it, it got out of hand, um, kind of got ahead of me. Um, it started becoming more overwhelming and more of not the main reason, but a reason my mental health was struggling. Um, So at that point, that's where I kind of had to wake myself up and be like, if you don't stop now, you will hate what you're doing. You will never want to do it again. Um, So I've learned to pretty much, yes, some of the things I do are more business focused, but uh, I have learned to find things to do in woodworking for myself. that are more therapeutic to kind of keep that balance Um, and also like my whole main goal is to be able to implement mental health woodworking therapy into woodworking so like therapy Mm -hmm. into woodworking woodworking therapy yeah Um, and I would love to do that I I think I'm a huge I have a huge passion for mental health Um, I would love to be an advocate and be able to show people how you can combine woodworking and therapy together Mm -hmm. and not even in like a, like even just be able to do something and prove yourself something. I think that's therapy. You, Mm -hmm. you learn about yourself, I think. So, Yeah. yeah. So I think that's definitely a learning thing for me, I guess, again, like boundaries, just setting boundaries for yourself and being like, this is business this is hobby. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe you'll get to the point where like your hobby, you can turn into a business while keeping limits for yourself Mm -hmm. and not ruining that for yourself. But I think that's a learning curve for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I would say like, yeah, I mean, as somebody who um, also struggles with like mental health, I know that Um, that making uh, is one of those things that it's like it definitely helps even if it's just I don't know even if it's just five minutes of like going out and doing something with my hands Yeah. um, it completely helps Um, and that's usually actually one of the ways or my barometer of like where am I at mentally? Because if there's a point where it's like, I cannot even get the motivation to go out to the shop, then I'm like, Ooh, (laughs) I'm not in a, I'm not in a good headspace. If that is where I'm at, because I love
1: that. I haven't even thought about
0: that. Yeah. It's like, I, I need to, because that just fills my cup so much because so much of it is, is focused on just me and also, like, keeping me out of my head, you know, it's like, you have to focus on what you're doing, Um, (laughs) you can't just, like, wander off in your head, in your head, you know, so it's, it's a physical manifestation of working through stuff, Um, and I think it brings all the same benefits of, like, uh, like, any other physical activity, you know, they say, like, physical activity, exercise, and stuff is good for your mental health, I think, Woodworking or making falls into that same category. Um, So I I love that you want to like be able to kind of incorporate that um, passion going forward. When you first started and you were like, your thought was (laughs) even with that test about the carpentry coming up, your thought was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm a girl, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I mean, is that, like, when you were growing up and stuff, did you have any examples around you of um, people making or, fe- or women making?
1: No, um, absolutely not. Um, I didn't even have, like, anyone, Ear that did any kind of making um yeah I think that's why the stigma stuck to me so much because it's like it's just what you hear
0: mm-hmm. um
1: but once I got into the community that was definitely broken like completely like going in you see women building such amazing things um their own their own things mm-hmm. and I did hear some like people warn me like oh the men get really like rude but I personally I can say I've never had that issue if anything like they'll message me and or I I know I can message them whenever and they'll help me through whatever process I'm needing Mm -hmm. I've never been discouraged um by a a male I guess um Mm -hmm. if anything I just I've found so much trust and community in them um same with the women, of course. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, relatable. Like, we can relate to each other. Um, but yeah, growing up, I I never. I was never shown anything like that. Um, but once I think, yeah, as I said, once I went into the community, instantly all those stigmas I think were definitely broken and and done away with. And
0: yeah, what is what does your family think about you doing? this as work
1: um i will say i think my immediate family completely supportive um they just want to see me do what i excel in um but i have a few family members from my side and from my husband's side that have kind of voiced like oh like shouldn't you like go get like a real job or shouldn't you leave that to the males so like in in that sense like I've had issues with that Mm -hmm. Um, but again like I know what I love to do I know what I want to do and so at that point it's like you know um, I'm going to stay true to myself Mm -hmm. Um, the people that matter the most to me have been the most supportive and so like there's always going to be people out there that kind of stand in your way you know but just learn to love yourself, learn what you love to do and and keep going for it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. How have you felt like, I agree, I think once you find, especially once you find the maker community um, online, um, especially if you follow kind of like the DIY type accounts, um, I think there's definitely more diversity of gender. How have you felt as far as like diversity as far as ethnicity goes? Um, in the woodworking community? Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. Like I think it is a male prominent Mm -hmm. area but with that being said there's not a lack of women showing up for themselves you know Mm -hmm. Um, like I can straight up the bat think of like Annika Mm
0: -hmm. um,
1: diverse um, women so and I think she's she's one of like my biggest role models Mm -hmm. in a way so I've always looked up to her and I've always like just watched everything she does so to me it was never an issue just because like she was such a big person in Mm -hmm. thing that I was like oh it's not a problem um I don't know I think there is definitely a smaller number of like diversity in it but it doesn't mean I feel excluded by any means um if anything I guess it makes me more proud to be in it to be like one of the few I guess mm-hmm. um but yeah I don't know I I not really like sat down to think about that one just because I haven't felt left out I guess mm-hmm. per se like I've felt included um yeah
0: well that's i mean that's good and yeah annika is definitely a good example and there's you know a few others and even like um like anna white and stuff yeah um which i think it's it's good having that having them as uh examples in that space yeah um do you feel like any of that plays into some of like what you've had from like ex- extended family um, or, you know, maybe people outside of like the woodworking community? Why
1: they see it as such a yeah. male dominant thing?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I would say it's mainly... From my family, I think it's because um, I grew up in a pretty Hispanic home. Um, So culture there is a lot of males do this, women do this. Um, So I think that's just like older culture norms that are expected. Um, But, and then other people, I think it's just they see jobs or like substantial jobs as like these set things like medicine or business Mm -hmm. or but I think it's the lack of knowledge in seeing that like you can make a living from whatever you say your mind to pretty much
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and I don't know I don't know the reason why they come at it from that angle um I kind of have never really looked into it because I don't like entertaining those Mm -hmm. sort of, like, comments. Um, But from my side of the family, I would say, I think it's just more of a culture norm. Mm -hmm. Um, But slowly, slowly, that starts to, like, break away. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. And, And then hopefully just, like, even seeing you do it like can provide that example for like younger women you yeah. know in your extended family and stuff that can be like oh that could be something I could do
1: <laughs>
0: yeah yeah um I'm, I'm watching our our time here so we're getting like right at the end and I want to make sure that you get a chance to let people know um, how to find you and follow along with you and see what you're up to? <laughs> okay, yeah, my main
1: way of finding me is definitely on Instagram. Um, it's at wildly capable Carpentry um, and there I have a website kind of working on that, so it's not the best place to go right now, but um definitely on Instagram would be the main way to contact me at the moment um or email which I think my email
0: is on my Instagram hopefully
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll double check that soon
0: um but yeah definitely my Instagram okay awesome well thanks Leilani for talking to me today I really appreciate it yeah
1: thanks for doing what you do I I love being able to like hear real-time stories of people finding what they love and a real timeline of like what it takes to grow into it you know because a lot of people expect to hear just success right off the bat and i love hearing the realistic side of it and like knowing kind of like the milestones you have to pass or like challenges you have to go through to get to Mm -hmm. where you are i think that's some of the most motivational stuff because it's like you don't feel alone because your story isn't going to be perfect and hearing everyone else's isn't either kind of like helps you out a lot.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So again, that was Leilani of wildly capable carpentry. I'll include the links on how you can follow along with her in the show notes for today's episode. So you can find those in a variety of places one of them being the description for today's episode on the podcast app you're listening to this on. The other, if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, you can find it in the description box down below. And the third is if you go to freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast, you will find this episode along with all of the past episodes and the links and all the goodies for following everybody else as well. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure that you subscribe, follow, and leave a review, especially over on iTunes and Spotify and wherever you get your podcast. I really, really appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> I make sure to follow along with the podcast over on Instagram, just at Crafting a Revolution. Hope to see you all over there. All right. When I am not making podcast episodes, you can... Find me making furniture and home decor and power carving and dancing in my shop and all kinds of crazy shenanigans at freemanfurnishings.com and at freemanfurnishings across pretty much all of the social media platforms. I'm active most regularly on Instagram. So just find me over there at freemanfurnishings and say hi. All right, it is halfway through the week i hope you all are having a great week so far and uh, as always let's go craft a revolution she, her, they, they got something they say. for the toxic is the